News Talk Lunchtime with Jonathan Healy. Thanks to Vodafone. Think forward, get ahead with Vodafone Red Business. Mick Clifford's in our Dublin studio. Mick, uh, just listening to that, uh, we kind of knew that they were going to threaten the strike action, but I wonder how much support is going to be out there for teachers, that they have cried wolf on a number of occasions the past, threatening strikes. We all saw what happened at the teachers' conferences. But on this issue, which is a principled issue of whether this is the right thing to do or not, are they going to get parents and the public behind them? Um, I wouldn't have thought so in a major way, Jonathan, but perhaps that isn't the issue at all. It's what's right or wrong. I mean, one thing that just does occur to me is, I mean, I've seen these reforms and I think they are very positive and they're the right way to go. But the idea of having independent assessment for in the context of continual assessment, independent um, grading and examination, it does strike me as being impractical. So it's difficult to see how you can get around that. The other issue is I would suggest that, you know, the ballots were taken within the unions, but what kind of uh, representation is that of the membership? As I understand it, the, the response in ballots was pretty low on this issue. So I don't know, we'll have to wait and see. It's definitely a major problem, but I think there definitely has to be reform. There's no question about that. And how you can have independent uh, examination in the context of continual assessment, it just doesn't strike me as being all that practical. Uh, Let's talk about what's happened this week uh, with Sinn Féin. We had the sit-in in the Doyle yesterday, and and I have an opinion piece up on Newstalk.com saying... I understand Mary Lou MacDonald's frustration at unanswered questions, that Joan Burton wasn't answering the questions as far as she thought. But perhaps now Mary Lou might understand our frustration at Sinn Féin not answering questions as well, because there still remain many unanswered questions. And we certainly didn't get the answers in that five-hour debate that happened on Wednesday. Yeah, very valid. I mean, one of the questions is in relation to if there are possible alleged abusers living in this jurisdiction. Uh, Jerry Adams says anybody with information should come forward. Perhaps he could pick up a telephone because I would certainly be pretty sure that it, would take, it wouldn't take too much for a man of his stature within the Republican movement to find out where these people are. So, look, there's cynicism. There's enough cynicism to go around for everybody. I There, there was th- that debate on Wednesday. There was a whiff of it of opportunism, notwithstanding the fact that Maria Cahill wanted it and she was there in the public gallery. There is a whiff of opportunism off it. On the other hand, you can understand the other political parties and particularly their leaders, their frustration that if they were in the position Mr Adams is in, they'd be out the door weeks ago. Yet he seems to sail through all of these issues. But very cynical. Yesterday, apart from trying to deflect from uh, the Maria Cahill incident, there was also the issue that uh, Sinn Féin, in their stance, and I I don't believe it's a genuine stance, of being an anti-establishment party, are being outflanked by other elements in relation to the water charges, particularly the anti-austerity alliance, who, whether you agree or disagree with them, I would accept that they're genuine in in their their stance, even though they're just using this as a political tool, the the water charges. So Sinn Sinn Féin... There was two reasons to deflect in what Mary Mary Lou MacDonald did yesterday. And again, more cynicism, not too different from the cynicism that went on the previous day on the other side of the house. But do you think, because I personally don't, that Mary Lou MacDonald went into the house yesterday saying, right, I'm going to stage a five-hour sit-in here because I'm going to annoy the Keown Corla. I don't think that's how it happened. I think that what happened was Joan Burton did what Joan Burton does. She spoke for quite a long period of time without actually answering the question. Mary Lou got frustrated. And then there's this... 
difficulty that we have now of the relationship between the Keown Corla and Sinn Féin and that's what came to the head yesterday. Yeah, it is a huge difficulty. No, I'm not saying she premeditated, it was premeditated in the sense that it was decided, that she decided or she decided in cahoots and others this was going to be a course of action to take. But it evolved and, and, and it, the tenor of the whole thing, it allowed it to evolve that way. One thing I would say, Joan Burton, and, and I'm not defending her, but the question she was asked, to be fair, it is part of what the government have repeatedly said they will deliver next week in terms of how they're going to approach the whole water But she was issue. asking about revenue, wasn't she? Whether revenue will be collecting it. And so she can't answer that. No, she can't answer that. And, you know, the, the answer to the question wouldn't be coming until next week. So the question itself, to my mind, was merely grandstanding. And everything that flowed from that then, uh, you know, I don't think there was much substance in any... It's worrying. It's worrying that politics is now getting to that level. But are we, wor- go- are, we, are we going to see a sit-in every time now that Sean Barrett decides he doesn't want somebody in the House? The whole point of having the rules of the Oireachtas that are agreed between the parties is that the rules are respected. Are we, is this going to become a common occurrence now where we see TDs refusing to get out of their seats and, and some poor unfortunate usher has to go over and say, would you mind awfully leaving because you're not supposed to be here? Well, that's the problem, Jonathan. In the climate of disaffection among large parts of the electorate, some people believe any actions to curry favour with that section are legitimate, irrespective of how that might reflect on the institutions that we have in terms of the democratic process. That seems to be what's at issue here. And one of the most worrying things is that Jerry Adams came out yesterday and said he had no confidence in the Keown Corla. Now, for- how, can, how can he sit in the chamber next Tuesday? And have no confidence in the Keown Corla. That's exactly my point. How can how, how and him as leader of his party? So it seems that it, it it is worrying that it's like everything is up for grabs in in what now seems to be a, a, an effort to curry favour in certain quarters. Everything seems to be up for grabs. That I think is very worrying. What struck me as odd, Mick, when the Garda Inspectorate report came out on Tuesday, and there was a lot of very good coverage on this, lots of interviews. I heard Francis Fitzgerald being interviewed a few times here on News Talk about it as well, was that we weren't surprised. And that's more depressing than anything else, that all of what we heard of what was wrong with the Garda force, the pressure that was on the rank and file, the mismanagement that had gone on, the failure to introduce technology, none of this was news to us. Probably because, if you want to use that term, we've been softened up by the revelations in the last year. I mean, the tenor of the issues here in terms of uh, supervision, in terms of shoddy investigations, all of that, they were all in the Gearn report. What we found out here is that the the, the contents of the Gearn report were not confined to the Baileyborough station where it was concentrated on. It's right across the state. And and I, I have great sympathy for... The, the rank and file Gardie Jonathan you could put yourself in the shoes of anybody you you go into a culture that has this sort of attitude towards uh, doing the job once you get to a certain level it's all about promotion and that sort of thing it is very difficult to rise above it and if you do you're then automatically putting yourself outside the tent so to speak and all sorts of issues arise there as well so the cultural issues of this are going to be very difficult to to uh, to address. There are resource issues which can be addressed. The cultural issues, I think, are going to be a huge problem over the coming years. And just to finish up briefly, Josephine Fahili, very competent head and chair of the revenue for the last number of years, has uh, shown that she can. she's very good at due diligence, otherwise you wouldn't be in the job that she's in. She's going to be appointed to the policing authority. We need that up and running sooner rather than later. And there are some people complaining that they didn't do the process properly. I mean, she's very competent in, in, in most people's opinions. Why shouldn't she lead the 
policing authority. Well, the one worry I'd have there is that she now is going to be part of the selection of the new commissioner. She has, as you say, a highly competent person, done fantastic work, but she has zero uh, experience in the area of policing. But so does the chair of the authority need to ha- be a policing expert? Or does that chair need to appoint people below her who will actually do the job and feed information to her that she will base uh, a decision on? That, that's uh, the whole point of a chair. Well, yeah, sure, but the, the, the issue around there is the selection of the commissioner. The rest of the, the board hasn't been appointed and there's no indication that the rest of the board will have in, any input into the selection of the commissioner. Only the chairperson, that's jo- Josephine Fairley. She has no experience in that area. So, is she going to be forced to take her lead from government? And by extension, is the policing authority going to be a properly independent body or is it merely going to be a buffer that, in similar to other areas, merely acts as a buffer for the government yet takes a, a fair bit of its lead from the government? That's an issue, I think, that arises one way or the other. We look forward to putting those points to her when she eventually comes on the programme. Mick Clifford, special correspondent with the Irish Examiner. Pleasure as always, Mick. Thanks, Jonathan. News Talk Lunchtime with Jonathan Healy. Thanks to Vodafone. Do business your way with Vodafone Red Business.